to another episode of A Space for Growth. We are super excited to bring you all another episode to keep up our Sunday streak, to give you all something to listen to during your week. And please make sure to follow us on Instagram at Our Communal Diary to stay up to date with all things A Space for Growth. And without further ado, P, how was your week? How was your weekend? My week was pretty good. I barely went into the office. It's so funny. I don't know if other people are like this, but we're supposed to be going in three times a week. And they kind of like already have not been doing that. So we go in maybe one time a week, maybe two times a week. So that's been pretty chill. And then otherwise, it's just been kind of catching up with people. I know a lot of people who recently graduated. So I had a few friends visit Minnesota and yeah it was a pretty good weekend how was yours well last weekend what did I even do it feels like a blur I know you've been going like a mile a minute too I know I can't even <laughs> I mean, you need to like there's so much to cover I have literally no idea what I did last weekend oh I went to Queens which I have oh, fun what were you doing there I was hanging with a little friend of mine and their oh. friends Oh, okay. So. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. But this weekend, I am in New Orleans because my mom is getting remarried. Yay. Yay. It's so exciting. And you're, what are you doing right now? First off, she might sound a little bit different because you are literally getting ready right now. What, in the bathroom? I'm literally in the midst of getting ready. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm getting dressed right now. <laughs> getting Bye. dressed. She's going to cocktail hour. So not wedding day, but day before. Day before, I have a hot tool in one hand and I have a <laughs> brush in the other, and we are recording this episode. So I love it. The, girl the dedication. Yeah. The dedication to a space for growth. We love it. Well, very exciting. So, today, I'm really excited to talk about this topic. We kind of thought of it last minute, but I think it's something that we both were like, man, we really do not hear anyone talking about this, especially just within our age group. So we're going to talk a little bit about women's health. I think we're going to keep it very much just focused on some of the experiences that we've had that have been unfavorable, to say the least. But I think just getting the conversation started just about some things that we all experience. And I know, Zoe, when we were first kind of mentioning just some of these topics that we will be getting into, it was kind of like no one talked about them. So we felt like they were almost hush-hush or just like, oh gosh, like I would never share this. But now it's like you've done your research on your end. I've done my research on mine. And I feel like we're starting to realize that obviously these are things that happen to so many women all around the world. But it's unfortunate that no one feels like comfortable enough to actually speak about them publicly. Yeah. And we're specifically going to be talking about women's vaginal and reproductive health. So we just want to make sure that we keep in mind that, you know, we are not gynecologists we are not practitioners we are not you know having medical degrees we're just speaking really from our own experiences and I know that I have experienced a number of um I guess like infections is the way to call it you know over the past few years and when I do my research it's like one in four women experience what it is that I've experienced which we'll go ahead and dive into um throughout the episode but it's just not heavily talked about so you feel alone or you feel dirty or you feel like you know people make all the jokes and all you know all those different things about 
yeah smells and whatever and you just feel like really lonely and throughout doing that research and the experiences that I've had like I've been able to learn a lot not only about my body but also feel less alone and find communities and so if I can do that and if Pilar and I can do that for somebody else like that's really what we want to do here and yeah no definitely and at least on my end to kind of preface it's oh my gosh I had the worst periods ever like debilitating and so that's you know the only thing that I've really experienced but I think kind of as always said like we are by no means professionals and I feel like it speaks to why this was something that was so hard for us to navigate because we just had no clue so if you guys are in similar positions or if you guys just know way more than us um, I think that this will definitely kind of at least speak to what like you said, one in four people or just so many people are going through. So yeah, we've got, we've got quite the episode for you. <laughs> quite the episode. <laughs> so I guess we can go ahead and just jump in, huh? Yeah, definitely. Okay. Well, I can start. So I did not necessarily have um, difficult periods growing up, which I'm very thankful for. I know some people like you um, and some other friends that I have have just had experiences where like it's difficult to just like get out of bed like literally cramps all those different things but what I have experienced have just been pH imbalances or overgrowths of bacteria which cause like itchiness or some other kind of unfavorable symptoms you know sometimes like you know, a little bit of a fishy smell, uncomfortable discharge, all those different things. And I started to experience this really in college. Um, And I went to the Women's University Health Center. And the first thing that I was diagnosed with was a yeast infection, which is an overgrowth of bacteria. Um, And if you're eating like a lot of sugary foods, or you're drinking a lot of alcohol, you can definitely lend yourself to getting yeast infections. Um, It has nothing to do with if you are clean or not. It has nothing to do with if you are um, sexually active. It has nothing to do with any of those things. It's really just an overgrowth of bacteria. And that can happen from, like I said, eating an abundance of sugary foods, an abundance of carb-loaded foods, uh, not drinking enough water. Um, Your body naturally can just be predisposed to those things. Um. And it's just kind of like an uncomfortable experience, right? And you take medicine for it. And then what happens is you take medicine and then a couple weeks later it comes back. Mm. So you go back to the doctor's office, you take more medicine for it, like a pill. Well, it comes back. And that's the question I have is like two things. I want to know, like, when did you first, what year in college did you first start experiencing this? And then also, is it like, I mean, normal is hard to say because I just feel like it's different for everyone. But, like, is that common that when you just take medicine for it, it's going to come back? Is this something that you can't necessarily stop? Or, like, what did they tell you from that when you kept on getting it over and over again? Was it because of the medicine or was it something else? Yeah. So I started to get them, like, my sophomore year of college. Um, and I noticed just because there was like a little bit of like a weird discharge, a little bit of like a weird smell. And I just wanted to make sure that everything was okay. It wasn't something that I'd ever experienced before. I went to the women's health center on campus and they were like, Oh, looks like a standard yeast infection. Again, it was like one in four women in their lifetime will get one. Um, so they gave me a pill to take and I believe I took like one pill 
And it was like abstain from any, you know, intercourse with a partner for seven days. And then you should be all cleared up and good to go. But mm-hmm. they also let you know, like, once you get your first one, it's very likely for you to get another. Mm-hmm. And I think the reason for this is, or what it really stems from, is there's just not a ton of research that's done in women's reproductive health and women's vaginal health, um, which is really disheartening, right? Like, yeah. they'll make a pill that'll cure it for a few days, but it's really lifestyle changes that mm-hmm. make all of the difference. And I think that's the difficult thing that I had to do a little bit of research on my own. And now finally, I'm at a really great um, gynecologist in New York that like, I just, I love going to the office that I go to because mm-hmm. they were the first ones to tell me like, examine your lifestyle. Like, what is it that makes it flare up? Is it like you're really stressed out? Is it you've been having an abundance of caffeine? Have you not been eating the best for a few days? Like, what is it? You have to find your own internal triggers. Yeah. And you'll be able to determine how to stop it from reoccurring as much or to stop it from reoccurring at all. But if you were to Google, like, reoccurring yeast infections, you will find so many stories of women who are like, I just can't get rid of it. Mm. Oh my God. That's awful. I feel like the hard thing too, is that like you said, it's like, it is painful. Like it's irritating. It's uncomfortable. I've never had one, but I've witnessed multiple of my friends having them. And it's just one of those things where like you can watch. I mean, I know that period pain. I think any pain like that is just like so uncomfortable and painful. I mean, you definitely would be able to speak to it better than me, but like, would you say it's more of like a discomfort or is it more of like, I am in pain. I'm like having a hard time kind of just like doing my daily functions like what is that for you so I would say the first one I barely even really noticed oh okay um it was just like weird discharge okay and that was and sometimes you can have them and you won't even have any symptoms which Mm. is crazy you know what I mean you'll go having like a regular checkup and then they'll be like oh bad bacteria Mm. yeah I have had one that was really gnarly it Mm. really hurts um and I try to use you know they will sell like monostat have you heard of that I have heard of that yeah so that is like a you can buy in the drugstore um for yeast infections it's like a it's an insert like you insert this capsule and it can clear it like there's the one day the three day the five day the seven day I tried that and it just aggravated my symptoms it made everything so much worse that by the time I finally got into the doctor's office, I was in so much pain. Oh my god! Um, and they had to put me on an even longer prescription to oh. clear out the monostat and then to my clear god. out the infection. So for some oh. people, those over-the-counter things work really well, and they never mm-hmm. need to get a prescription from the doctor's office. For me, it was the complete opposite. So that's another thing with these things is too, it's a little bit of trial and error, right? Like you right. just have to see what works for you. And what ended up really working for me was they put me on a six month regimen where I was taking these pills um, at a certain frequency. I don't remember the frequency for six months to wow. finally and get rid of the yeast infections that I was having over and over and over and over and over again for yeah. about a year. Oh, my God. Was it like an anti-bacterial like or like anti-inflammation pill? Like what was it? So it's an antifungal. That antifungal, they okay. And it's an oral pill that you take. Um, and I had to take it a certain number of times per week or per mm-hmm. time that I had the infection. And again, yeah. I want to reiterate, like it has nothing to do with you being dirty. Like if you no. get it, 
You know what I mean? It's just an overgrowth of bacteria. Right. Too much yeast. Yeah. But sometimes it can be from just like not wiping correctly or it can Mm. be from, you know, sometimes if you have a partner and your partner does not clean themselves. Mm. Yeah. Partner. Unwanted intruders. Yeah. You said some Chipotle and (laughs) brush his teeth? oh yeah no that's the thing it's like sometimes it's so out of your control and then other times it's like maybe there's just like an unwanted situation happening where you know the girl downstairs is telling you whoa 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 I don't need that I don't like that and now we have an issue here yeah oh my goodness yeah that's really interesting well first and foremost I'm just so glad because I remember when you were going through hell and back just trying to find a good gynecologist like First off, when did you know that you absolutely needed to go in? Because I know you're saying, like, sometimes you wouldn't even know if you had symptoms or not. Obviously, if you're in pain, go to the gynecologist. But I think, like, when did you know that you needed to go in? And then also, like, what would you now going through just – because you went to a few different gynos. What do you now know as, like, that is the one that you want? Obviously, it's going to be different for everyone. But what were some of the red flags that you experienced and then things that you found that were that made you just so happy after the appointment? Yeah, well, um, so I in college went because I was just having a little bit of weird discharge. And yeah. I just want to first say that the discharge is so normal. You know what I mean? Like that is your body cleaning itself. Mm-hmm. And so you should not listen to anyone who says like, you should never, you should be dry a hundred percent of the time. Right. No. Your body, it is a self-cleaning it's, mechanism. Yeah. And that's the hard part too. Cause I feel like, and this is something we definitely don't know, but I feel like there's even times where, yeah, it's like discharge is so natural, but then it's like figuring out like, okay, maybe is this a little bit different than what I usually have? Sometimes you don't even really know. Right. It's like, you could have just yeah. been on your period or you could have, you know, it's like, it's sometimes kind of hard, especially if you're just starting puberty to really know like what's going on. And that's what it was for me. Like I just went to the doctor because I was like, is this normal or not? Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of where everyone should start. Right. Like you don't need to be a WebMD doctor. Right. You don't need to be Googling and trying to, you know, get yourself your own diagnosis, especially not the first time now. Right. The more and more that I had it, the more and more I could spot like, I would go to the doctor and explain my symptoms and they would say, these aren't regular symptoms. And I would say, but I know my body and they would test me and it would turn out to be exactly what I said it was. So the first thing is like, if you see something and you're like, this is a little weird, I'm just not used to it. Mm -hmm. Better safe than sorry, go to a doctor and just have it checked out. Other thing I really wanted to prioritize was I wanted to go to a female OBGYN. I have been to male OBGYNs and I have had fine experiences I think the thing is, I just wanted someone who like knew the parts and had totally. potentially had experience of the same things that I had. Yeah. And so that's not a requirement for everyone. I don't think it has to be, but it was something that just made me feel more comfortable. So yeah. that was the next thing. I think the next thing afterwards, especially experiences that I've had in New York, um, is having really dismissive doctors or doctors mm-hmm. who don't really know much about what you have in specific you can't really speak to it. So I think that's also something important to know is like when you have something like recurrent infections, you are going to do all the Googling and all the research in the world. You're going to read all the scholarly articles because that's what you have going on. Your OBGYN probably isn't doing that for your one specific thing. And especially yeah. when it comes to like 
um, infections for women, like there's just not a lot of concrete data or concrete research out there, which is really sad. Yeah. I just don't think they put enough funding into research for those projects. So sometimes you have to make sure that like you're asking questions and you're getting legitimate answers back, not just, I don't know. And yeah. I have had a doctor say to me before, like, oh, it just looks abnormal to me. And when I asked them to explain it, they just like repeated, it looks abnormal to me in a really like slow voice, like I was stupid. Mm. And that was the last time I went to that doctor, right? Like you have well, to ask someone who has bedside manner. Oh, well, 100%. It's also like, meanwhile, legs are spread open. You're like in a very vulnerable position. Like, I feel like it's already something that, you know, you're not like preaching it out loud. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm right. coming to you because you may have a clue and you may also, you're, you're supposed to be able to talk about this with me and like treat whatever it is that I need. And I think obviously just as like black people, it's so hard to find just decent healthcare workers who really want to care about when we say something hurts, like they'll believe it. So that's a whole other conversation. But I think like, you know, that is really difficult because just when it comes down to like just vaginal health, like it is something that is so specific to like you said, like your pH balance and it's so specific to your lifestyle choices. And it might even be something that has to do with like whether it's hereditary or not. Like, I mean, not necessarily for yeast infections, but I think as you get down the list of things, it's like it's something that you do need someone who is really going to care about making sure that you have a favorable experience. And like, I think that goes for, even if you're just finding like a primary physician, like, you know, you want someone who's really going to be there for the journey and you can go back to. And, and so I think the point in that is almost in the same way as like, if you were to approach, I'm going to look for a new therapist, it might be trial and error. And I think the unfortunate part about it is that usually, right. If you're going to a gynecologist, you're probably in a state of like, i kind of urgently need someone to tell me what's up and like I need something to help me now so I think that's the hard part is it's just it is gonna unfortunately maybe be <laughs> it might be some elements of trial and error but you know that's unfortunate because it just shouldn't be that way considering you need attention now you know what I mean it's not something we can sit there and wait on a hundred percent. And I think another part of it too is just advocating for yourself, right? Yeah, there are totally. plenty of times I went into the office and said, I'm feeling X, Y, Z. These are my symptoms. Mm-hmm. And because they didn't match those like same five symptoms that you can see on WebMD, they didn't want to test me. Yeah. And I kind of had to demand it. Like, I know yeah. my body. I yep. know these are the regular symptoms, but these are the symptoms that I get. And every time I get these symptoms, this is the outcome. So yeah. please test me. Mm-hmm. And you kind of have to be able to like know your body, you know, take a log of your symptoms, take a log of when they start to pop up. Yeah. You know, then around the time of like you have your period, is it when you're really stressed out? Mm-hmm. Is it when like maybe you haven't been eating the best for a minute? Like you, you kind of have to come in and really know yourself. And it's unfortunate, yeah. right? Because your doctor should be able to just like work with you and advocate for you. But like yeah. sometimes they don't, especially when you are a black woman. Um, in healthcare situations, right? They don't take our pain as seriously. They don't, you know, they think right. we have pain tolerances or we're lying or right. all of these other things. So you really have to go in and advocate for yourself. Wow. Yeah. Well, I'm like, I literally remember, I think you were on the train and, and you told me you like called me because I'm guessing we were probably trying to record. And I think you <laughs> said you were like, I just had the best appointment. And I was like, oh, hallelujah. Like, 
it really was like such a search for you. So I'm glad that you were able to figure that out. And obviously I know it's something that like you and everyone else is still probably having to manage just as it comes up, but um, that's really good to hear. And so when you did the six month situation where you were on that antifungal medication, not if you were, but did they say, like, were you able to be sexually active during that time? Or was that something that like they recommended not to do? Like, what was that like? I don't a hundred percent remember because I just wasn't yeah. during that time. And I, I really think it's like best practice to not right? like, you yeah. want to let yourself heal. And mm-hmm. a lot of times those reoccurring infections can cause micro tears mm. or they can make the skin really sensitive and so it may just be uncomfortable anyways. Yeah. But if you know you have a, a partner that you want to be intimate with, like it may not be easy for you to abstain for six months. I personally yeah. was in that situation. So it wasn't a big deal for me at that time. Yeah. Um, but that's just also something like, you know, you have to make sure that if you are with somebody romantically, like they really care for you if you're going through those things. And right. They're willing to be patient and they don't want to see you in pain and they're not selfish and things like that. So yeah. After I did the six month course of that, another thing that they really recommended for me to do was to take a probiotic mm. and a probiotic basically is something that will take, there are specific probiotics that are for like women's health and they make sure that you have good bacteria in your vaginal environment so that you aren't going, that you're going to be able to fight off you yeah, know, it's like bacteria. it's balancing it with the bad bacteria. Yeah, like and it will balance your pH and all those yeah. sorts of things. So something else that I've been struggling with more recently has been, it's called bacterial vaginosis, mm-hmm. which is basically, BB. it sounds like an overgrowth of bacteria, but it's not. That's just a pH imbalance. And so what's been really helpful for me there has been taking a probiotic consistently. Yeah, I really like the... I think it's called Garden of Eve. You can get the next yes. yes. It has 40 billion um, really good probiotics, really good um, microbes for your gut health and for your vaginal environment. Or I take the Jaro uh, Dophilius women's mm-hmm. probiotic, um, which is like 10 million, um, which is really good. And that helps just to make sure that like your environment is strong because when you're taking constant antifungals you're taking constant antibiotics right that really wears down on the good bacteria and like your body's ability to fight off infection so I think every woman regardless of if you've ever suffered from anything like this or if you've ever gotten a UTI I think hopefully have never had a UTI um but I've heard those are painful too yeah probiotic can really help that is so good I also take a probiotic I take I take the one from the brand called Seed. It's like more of an aesthetic brand than anything else, but it is also the type where like they have so much in it and it is known to do really well, but I've always thought that Garden of Eden, I think that's the brand name, is such a good brand. Um, Both are really just natural and they definitely are just focused on like doing what they say they're doing. Um, But yeah, I definitely recommend a probiotic. Good gut bacteria, I think, is literally like the key to so much, whether that's even just like your skin's acting up or you're seeing different issues that are coming up. Like, I think sometimes your gut is more often than not part of the problem. Um, And that can come from the foods that you're eating, but it just also can just be like imbalances. Like, I think as you're going through puberty and just as life happens, stress and whatnot, like 
you can just kind of get a little bit off kilter. So I think it's really good to kind of think about what are some of the things that you can do on your day to day that would help. And I definitely I'm right there with you. Probiotics have kind of been my new thing. A hundred percent. I mean, I couldn't agree more. Your gut is linked to literally every part of your body feeling good. Um, So I would say in what I found recently since moving to New York and doing the doctor dig and, you know, trying to figure out how to manage Mm -hmm. um, recurrent infections and things like that is one, like you have to be patient with yourself and know that stress can be a contributing factor. So like me being stressed out about getting an infection is only going to make it worse. Worse, totally. You're going to make it more likely that I get another one. Mm. Something else that I found to be really helpful is using non-scented, paraben-free body washes and also detergent, right? Yes, detergent. Things on your clothes and on your intimates, like tied with all those colors and stuff. Mm -hmm. And then you're itching. Yeah, no wonder, (laughs) no wonder. No, no there's a really good brand called Honey Pot, I think is what the name is. And they have, it's actually a black owned brand, but they are sold at Target. And they're kind of like the clean version of Summer's Eve or um, those types of brands where they can really help with just like, they're they're specifically made for your vagina like they're specifically made so that if you want to like clean that area with an actual soap and product like those are totally fine to do using that product I recommend honey pot it's really good they have like cleansing wipes and they have soap and they have a lot of different things I they might even have shaving cream I could be completely wrong but um I think just like looking into a product that can kind of make sure like you're not just putting on like any old dove soap in your, you know, spaces. Like I think if that's kind of like the next step, I would do that. Or like you said, at the very least fragrance free, keep it like organic, natural. There should be few ingredients listed. Just keep it simple. Like it just needs simple care. The only thing I would say about honeypot is it's recently come out into the news that they changed their formulas Ooh. To include more chemicals. Oh. So Why? I think like confusion. it's like cheaper, you know? Oh, to like, okay. You know, it makes well, them like the shelf life is longer, all those yeah. different things. I would look into it. I personally don't use Honey Pot because I am even too sensitive for those types of products. What do you use? I have to use like straight up water. Okay, just water. Just okay. water. Yeah. And if I do like, you know, around like my menstrual, like I use, it's like a Cetaphil non-scented oh, okay. soap. Ooh, and I love Cetaphil. The big thing about, you know, cleansing is like, you you know, not inside, right? Like you oh, just right. on the outside, outside. Just for yes. anyone who is like, you know, don't, don't go digging up in there. No. Cleaning. Oh my God. Don't go digging up in there. And when you wipe, please front. Oh my God. There is nothing like gonna give you the Sunday scaries if I see like if you're wiping from back to front like oh my god don't 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 do that and don't sleep with underwear on that too that's actually that's so true because it really yeah it needs to be like let her go free for a little bit um yeah don't sleep with underwear on especially if it's like lace or if it's you know I think like cotton is the best option is what I understand yes um just because it's more breathable because sometimes yeah like if you're in tight jeans or if you're in tight leggings and you have on like a lace thong or whatever it's just sometimes like that's not going to help you at all so I think talk to your gynecologist about 
all of the areas that you could probably change in your lifestyle. And I think that that can be a good place to just start to like, make sure that you maintain, you know, a happy V. A happy V. And like, we don't have all the answers, right? We're still, I'm still figuring things out. And as I get more information and I figure out, you know, ways to keep her happy and ways (laughs) to keep me not stressed, I will for sure, you know, be sharing them on our Instagram because this is something that a lot of people don't talk about enough. And for years, I thought I was just dirty. Oh my God. Broken. (laughs) oh my god I know well and it's so frustrating too because it's one of those things where it's like you make these changes and then it goes right back to how it was originally so it's like hard because it's just I mean I would imagine like it's just frustrating like you you feel like you just can't even do anything right it's like okay I tried this and now I'm taking these pills and now I'm right back to where I started if not worse for sure and I think you know it can make you feel really bad about yourself and feel like something is wrong with you and make you not love the body that you have which is so sad and I think the more that we can talk about things like this and the more that we can share the more that we can advocate for ourselves and advocate you know out loud too that's the only way that we can get more funding for more research to make sure that they're you know finding cures because I bet my bottom dollar if men were suffering with some of these things oh my god cures like (laughs) stuff like oh my gosh we would be yeah we would be in a much better place unfortunately we would be in a much better place so maybe you know go to the office go to the doctor's office and tell them that your boyfriend has beat me literally bring out the textbooks what do we do for him (laughs) no okay well shifting gears my journey has been a little bit different I definitely would say oh the period. So let me start with, I was a gymnast for 10 years. So I got my period, I think in like eighth grade, which I had friends who got theirs in like sixth, fifth. I mean, I guess it's not super late, but it definitely wasn't early or like average with what the rest of my friends were getting their period at. So I think a lot of it with gymnastics and just any like high intensity sport like that is not only does it stunt your growth, but it also you're just working out. I mean, we would do anywhere between like four or five to eight hours a day and, you know, like five to seven days a week. Like it was just very aggressive. And so everything was stunted. Puberty was stunted. And then when I retired from gymnastics in high school, it was ninth grade is when I was officially done with it. So I had just got my period the year before and it was just not very regular. Now, All throughout high school, though, yeah, like I would get mine maybe once every three months and, you know, the standard is once a month and usually should come pretty consistently for like a week or a little bit less. But for me, it definitely was not that. And I really wasn't too afraid of it because I honestly think like every person is different. And I feel like I would talk to at that time, it was like my childhood, like um, family care doctor or whatever. And that person would always just say, well, that's normal for you because that is typical just to like what I've experienced. So it never was a problem. But when I went to college, I think just because like puberty hits so much harder in your early 20s slash just like when you get to college, I don't know. I just like everything starts to change. Um, that oh, was doesn't. Me. Right. I'm like, I literally feel like college I don't know what happens, but it's like after freshman year, a switch just totally flips and like I, yeah, it, it all goes pretty nuts. So I would say it must have been like junior year, maybe. 
I think, is when it was just like nuts. It was night and day different. I was experiencing every symptom under the sun. It was like nausea. It was, I would have to literally sit on the bathroom floor naked because my entire body would go into sweats and I would just be like out of this world. Like it was as though I had the flu within five seconds, you know? So like the stomach flu, it was everything. And so, I mean, I've had times where I was, my cousin, she went to school with me and I called her. I said, Ellie, I need you to get home. I was not even kidding. I was like, I need you to get home right now and take me to the hospital because I'm like, I feel I could not feel sicker. I don't know what's going on. And at the, it was kind of towards the beginning of when these symptoms were happening and they would always happen like a few days before my period would come. So I just, at first I just did not link it to my period. Like it came out of nowhere. Right. Oh God, it was awful. And so I think just going through that for so long, I was like, there's clearly something up and I just don't know what it is. And sooner or later it was like, okay, this is always happening about four, three days before my period. And then the first few days of my period were like very heavy. And it was just like, so uncomfortable. I couldn't, there were times I had to stay home from practice. Like there's a, I think periods are just not fun anyway. So like, let's just say that first and foremost. But I think the tough part is just when it becomes like it impedes on your day to day. If you, literally, sure. you know what I mean? It's like, if you, if you can't function for any reason, if you can't function in your normal day to day, there's a problem. You know, it's like when you do your therapy test or whatever, when they look to kind of like assess your state of mental health, like, It's like, is this bothering you so much that your day-to-day is being disrupted? And, like, that goes the same exact thing for any physical ailment. Like, this was totally at that point for me. So it was just, like, a long journey, I guess, for the past, like, the the last two years of school where it was, you know, and it's every month. It's, like, popping up where I am fully out of commission. And I think the hard thing, too, about periods is, like, yeah, I mean, and to say to you, at this point, I had like birth control or anything like that. I would just take my doll over the counter. So it was nothing that I was really doing other than that. And I knew even before these periods were getting as bad as they were, that the my doll used to work and then it just stopped working. So that's when I was like, okay, I need to figure out what I'm going to do here. So Long story short, I ended up, I think it was around senior year, was the beginning of senior year, if not the middle of it. Um, I booked like my first gynecologist appointment, or I guess my first one for this issue is what I should say. And it was like kind of scary because I think I knew that I was probably going to explore birth control and just seeing like what my options were. And, you know, my goal was, was just like, I need this this pain to stop. That's all that I really cared about. Um, but I think the hard part sometimes about birth control is that obviously there's so many different forms that you can get and they all can have different impacts on your body. So it's just like, I don't know about you. Like, I feel like I was pretty nervous about starting birth control. I mean, I was, I knew people who had started in high school. I was a senior in college, but I feel like I was nervous. I was like, oh my God, I feel like everyone always talks about it. It just changes everything. I was nervous. I started in high school to like clear up my acne. Um, 
but I never really had too crazy of side effects that I couldn't deal with. But like you hear horror stories, you know? Yeah, you literally do. Like I would always hear people would say, oh, I gained 20 pounds or my face had acne all over it or like it was just or it was like I got my period for three months straight. I didn't get my period for three months. Like it was just like you're I don't know. I heard so many different things. And I also think it just definitely depends on the different types that you get, whether it's like I think it's called Nexplanon is one of them. You can get in your arm. There's yep. also an IUD you can get. I mean, that's for a different day. That's You can just get so many different options. But I ended up going with, you know, let's keep it simple. I literally told my gynecologist because at this point I had no clue about anything. I was like, hey, I'm going through stuff every single month. I'm in pain. Like I, all my symptoms, I listed them. And I said, I think what she kind of came to the point of was like, when you are, what is it like your uterine lining, when you're shedding that each month, one second, I'm going to close my glass. Like when you're shedding your uterine lining each month, your muscles are contracting to start that shedding process. And that's like, that's the cramping that you feel. So for me, it was just like intensified to a whole new level. So she said, okay, let's focus on just clearing that symptom up and all of the technical terms of the birth control and how that works out. That's kind of what um, it was able to do just on the pill. And the nice thing about it too is, so I told her, I said exactly what I wanted. Like I've been talking to one of my friends about her potentially getting on the pill. um, And she also had similar nerves that I had. And I said, you know, when you go to your gynecologist, especially if you're someone like me who like, I feel like I'm so clueless about this stuff. I literally said, this is what I don't want to happen. Let's try out whatever one you know is best for that. So it was like, I don't want to have too much weight fluctuation. I don't want to have acne as a result. In fact, if it could clear it up, that would be ideal. And I do not want to experience this level of pain ever again on my period. So I think if you're really communicative with the person that you're working with, um, and obviously if you've gone through that trial and error of finding them, luckily my first gyno was the one who I stuck with just at our university health center. But I just was very clear about what I wanted and what I didn't want. And I started with the first one. And I honestly just think I got lucky because the one that I'm on now is what I've always been on. And it has worked wonders but I also have friends who had very different experiences it was like they got on their first one and then all these symptoms were popping up and it was breaking them out or like it was just throwing off their cycle and this that and the fourth and I think it kind of got to this point where it was like they needed to switch it so I mean the nice thing about birth control right is like you can obviously change it around and it doesn't have to be the same exact thing or you don't have to keep it you know, the first option that you pick, you do not have to stick with it. You can always just switch it up. So I think that's why, like, as a beginner, I was like, the pill is the best because I feel like if you don't like it, you can get off of it really easily. Whereas like if you did an IUD or like, you know, an arm insert, it's just a bit more tricky. You know what I mean? Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. And I love that you were able to get lucky on the first try I also had something similar when I first started birth control I ended up having to switch just to get on like a stronger dosage but I was on that pill for years with Mm. no issue 
Mm, that's actually interesting. Yeah. I mean, that's literally, I swear, I feel like I'm such a skincare nerd that I feel like it's the same thing as I've been loving this line. I've been loving this cleanser and now it doesn't work. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like you love it and you think that this is the best thing in the world. Right. But now for whatever reason, it's just like, doesn't even care anymore. So I totally think that's true. I feel like our bodies start to get very comfortable and they like regulate to things. And so that actually, that's good to know. That doesn't even shock me because I've only been on mine out for like a year or so. And I would not be shocked if they, yeah, if that were to change up in a little bit, but no, I literally think like everyone's so different with their period stuff, but I really think if, if there is birth control is not just to avoid pregnancy all like it's, for so many other things. I know when I was talking to the gynecologist, they were like, I really wish it wasn't even called that because it's like for so many other reasons, if you have an awful period or if you have acne or whatnot, like it can help. And so if you just ask your doctor about like, what is the least invasive way for me to cure some of these, or just like maybe mitigate some of these symptoms that I'm experiencing? Like, I don't know for me, birth control is definitely my best option. I will say, though, like, consistency is key because I just think, like, our bodies, they do so well on a cycle. And I don't know about you, but, like, I have done it before on accident where I went, like, a week off of it because I wasn't able to get my prescription. Like, I wasn't able to go grab it from the store for a week. And that next period, I paid for it. Like, it went right back to how it was. So I don't know. I've also seen people who it's like, they'll be very inconsistent with it and then try to go off of it and then go back on it. And then they, they don't have a period for a few months, you know, which is not cute, but yeah, I think if you're consistent with it, you'll be fine. And personally that like changed my life. I love that for you. And I'm hopeful that this episode was helpful to a lot of women out there listening to it. I hope it made you feel a little less alone. I have to go dash to a cocktail. I know. You can literally hear her. I thought you guys in the back, mascara's probably being thrown, (laughs) makeup's all over the sink. I can only imagine, but yes. I loved this conversation. I think we should definitely do a part two soon about more of the things that we've learned, more of our experiences, because the more that we can talk about this, the less alone somebody else will feel. And that's the whole point of the space for growth. Yes. I love that. Well, thank you guys so much for listening and be sure to tune in next week. Bye. Bye.